0: Interesting fact that on average, we spend 33% of our time in meetings, and yet we don't feel like we're getting very much done. And we also don't feel very connected to our team, our coworkers, our customers. Something is missing, and we're not making the best use of the time because meetings aren't necessarily good or bad. They're just meetings, but it's the sheer amount of meetings, I would argue that, and the fact that they're not done well or uh, orchestrated in a helpful way that really undermines their value. So today, we're going to be talking about meetings, the, uh, or engage the E step in the power routine, because for many of us, meetings are just such a big part of our days. Uh, I know for many leaders, it feels like over 100% of our eight-hour day is taken up with meetings, and um, for everybody on average, it's 33%. So this is an important thing to get right, so that we know that we're making good use of our time, and that after a 2,000-hour uh, year, and we look back at you know 800 hours of that or so, 700, that you know did we use that time well? That's a lot of time, and. Um, instead of ending up stressed, frustrated, and disconnected, uh, maybe we could be closer. Maybe we could move uh, the world forward together and maybe meetings could be a good thing. So today on our episode of Timesmith Podcast, we're going to be talking about uh, meetings. And so we'll, we'll start with seven reasons that meetings happen unnecessarily. So you can spot these reasons, get ahead of them, And uh, that warning there that some of these are culture shifting things, but I believe in you. We're gonna talk about five reasons to have a meeting. We're going to talk about eight strategies to have a productive meeting, eight ways to better engage during meetings. Uh, Warning, that part might take some courage. And last but not least, three ways to hack bad meetings that you are not in charge of. So, without further ado, let's get started. Alright, welcome to the Time Smith Podcast, where I help you... Cut distractions, understand email, chat, inputs, how to process that stuff quick so you can get through it and be on with your life. How to keep a couple or a few lists, but keep them short, small, so that not overwhelming. Use a daily routine, do all of it, including getting one main thing done a day. And then uh, basically the idea is that you can be more focused, way less stressed, uh, from a 100 to zero is the goal and uh, really just get that important work done that you wanna do. So without further ado, let's get started. Real quick, why listen to me? Because I think that, um, I don't know, you have a right to know why I think you should listen to me. Uh, Really, when we're listening to podcasts and things, I think what we're doing is taking in information of somebody that's ahead of us in a certain area of life. And for me, productivity is just like a nerdy thing that I have always cared about and thought about uh, at, last, at least for the last eight years or so. I spent over 10,000, probably closer to 15,000 hours studying productivity and implementing it in just day-to-day work. Um, it's funny because a lot of times, I, for a while I felt bad, like what gets you up in the morning and to work? To me, it was not just Um, my customers and my work but actually just making my work more efficient each and every day Uh, super nerdy but i just loved making things and systems and processes and making them easier Um, but real quick with all of that i still had like this huge list of tasks i knew all the things i should be doing based on all my research and studying but i still had wasn't able to get to things. It came to a point where in the Wyoming hotel, I thought I could finally get away from um the office and get some stuff done, but this is pre-covid days and uh actually just a month before covid, and I thought I could um but all of a sudden, you know, I opened my computer and I had a bunch of chats and messages that I had to deal with and let it get yet again I did not Get to those important things I was looking forward to getting to and I decided to make a change and I'm happy to report that in two three or four hours I could get done today way more than I ever did in eight and I've been able to take on double the customers and a lot of extra responsibility and even start this um, because there's just some keys that if you do them and put them into practice I think you can do the same thing so if you want to take back your time, if you want to go from kind of chaos and reacting all day, uh, if you want to get to a point where you can be focused and get just what you need to done, then I suggest you use my power routine, a daily routine, and I'm going to teach you how to do each part of it. So that's why I think you should listen to me. I think you can buy back your time, make a lot better use of it, be a lot less stressed and more focused, and I think that I can be the person to help you with that. So. Let's keep going real quick i want to just mention my free gift to you which is the um, guide to get two hours back in your day just right away easy it's a two-page guide you'll find it at timesmith.work forward slash guide and i will post that in the description as well here so you can go and use that free gift as well Uh, please share this podcast i think of covid and how it spread a lot quicker because it was just a little bit uh, more contagious and then like the flu or other viruses before it. And if you looked at the math, it was just exponential how much quicker it increased. And so just like COVID, I want to spread, okay? Across the world, across the globe and across uh, the country, wherever, across all of it. And mostly because I really think that this stuff is helpful and I see just most if not all people seem to be just stuck in this fog of chaos all day and I think that you can rise above that and get clear and get focused and just have a better life overall so I think that uh, if you share this you're just helping in that and that's the biggest way to support me so I really appreciate it also subscribe and uh, star this so you can subscribe it or follow it on the podcast app or uh, usually you can add a rating or review, a star, add five stars for me to, um, or whatever you think, however many stars you think you can scroll down in your app and you should be able to find that. All right. Seven reasons meetings happen unnecessarily. So you can spot them and get ahead of them. Reason number one, uh, obviously the biggest one, probably, uh, if you just take this away, then that might be enough for you for the whole podcast. Uh, even though I've got about 27 (laughs) bullets here for the full podcast, but people just don't say no. I mean, it's that simple. Uh, It's kind of the same route as not turning off your notifications. And if you uh, still have notifications blaring at you all day, please, 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 please turn those off. You're an adult. You can get back to them on your own. You do not need Outlook throwing ribbons at you. You do not need a bunch of notifications constantly blinking at you. Uh, Use your urgent chat is the only thing that should notify you or a phone call. But besides that, you should turn off all notifications and I have my second episode goes through all that information, so check that out. Um, But it's the same route. It's really easy. It's so hard just to say no for some reason. I mean, uh, maybe where we've got like this people pleaser thing in us. Really funny story. I was actually talking to somebody today who, Um, was given two options for dates of a meeting that they uh, were going to present at. And instead of pushing back and just asking if the dates could change, they rearranged their uh, trip to Hawaii so that they could get back in time for one of the dates that was given. Um, I happened to be involved in this one and we would have very easily and happily changed the dates, but this person went through tons of effort to change their Hawaii vacation instead of pushing back and just asking a question of, hey, can we change this? And how much more for like just in general do we constantly say, okay, that's fine. We don't really protect our time. It's like, uh, oh, it's only a half hour. It's only an hour this one time. And I might be able to help or this or that. And I'm telling you, you should say no. You should take courage. Another uh, word for this podcast instead of engage might be take courage, because your time is valuable to uh, people. It's valuable for yourself. Um, It's valuable before God, and so you need to think about all of that stuff, and if you say yes to a half hour here and a half hour there, an hour there, an hour here, um, it's not uncommon for you to have half of your week filled up with meetings that you could have said no to, could have been an email, etc. So when you've got that pit in your stomach, and I hope you get that pit now that we've talked about this, um, say no, say no to the meeting, ask for something different. And uh, if, it's, if you just wanna make people happy and like you, uh, there's better ways to do that, like um, being yourself and being kind, um, but valuing your time will rub off on other people. They'll value their time, it'll be a good thing. So people won't hate you. They'll understand and they value your time more than you probably do. Just like my friend who uh, moved their Hawaii vacation, I would have done anything to not have had that person have to change their Hawaii vacation. Um, I value their time so much, but they, you know, it was easier to say yes, I guess. All right, number two can't get in touch with the person via chat or email. So uh, this is just something that. We'll get into a little bit, but the idea is if you can't get them an email or chat, then you might as well just set up an email or might as well set up a meeting. So for those of you who don't get through your inbox uh, daily and get through all of it, like I strongly recommend you do, then you're going to have more meetings. So if you don't want more meetings, if you want to be able to just do a quick review of an email and make a decision. That's the hard part. You do have to make a decision about an email and move it to archive uh, once you're done with it or um, respond and make something happen. You can't just stare at it forever and never do anything. But if you're not making decisions on your email and chat and um, decisions to what to do next, then you just don't get back. People are going to just start making more meetings with you so they can get your time. Uh, number three, uh, why they happen? Meetings happen unnecessarily. Is a leader can't delegate. So, um, obviously, leaders are all wanting to empower their team and things, and they don't necessarily know how to. Uh, there's really good information, I think, by a guy named Michael Hyatt on this. If you need help, but people um, leaders should be able to delegate decision making. Uh, it's often a cultural thing where people where leaders are the ones that have the final say in everything, well, and even more than that, they seem to nitpick and uh, just need it to be their way and their perspective, and they, they can be like great people, really awesome people, really smart people, and that's, really, that's probably why they got where they are and why their decisions are good decisions. But if you don't let your, I was just reading this by Chip Gaines, if you don't let your team like make mistakes and make decisions, how do you expect them to learn and grow? So um, if you can't delegate, you're going to have a lot of meetings on your calendar because people are going to um, need your decision. And if that could be your fault or their fault. So you might need to encourage them to make decisions. Um, Again, Michael Hyatt has a good structure for this. Like there's five steps of delegation, like one being, I want to do this with you. And five being like, I don't anything you do is fine just do it i don't even want to hear about your plan Um, so obviously there's a lot of room in between those number four it's just the default i mean just just meet because i have a question like i just had one of these recently where instead of just typing out a two sentence email or chat like asking the specific question the person had they just can we meet on this? I'd like to discuss it. It's just like a default. Everybody says yes. It's just, yeah, let's, that's just me. If you're going to ask me to meet, everybody says yes to every meeting. So it's just like, let's do that instead of just taking some time on yourself, not burdening the other person's schedule and considering them and their time and just taking five or 10 minutes to make a really good two-sentence chat um, is worth it. So think about other ways you could do that Uh, number five always been that way so there's tons of meetings that have just always been that way we had uh, an experience like this with our company there's this thing called in software world there's a meeting called stand up every morning but our customer facing team was doing it kind of just because the development team was doing it and it's just always been that way so it was like so hard to change Um, but it was really kind of pointless for us. And so finally our leadership did change it. They, now it's only on Tuesdays and you kind of just talk through anything you need. And um, it's really just still a chance to see other people. (laughs) It's not the most impactful meeting, but it's a lot better than five times a week. So sometimes it's just always been that way. So try to figure out what you can do about those meetings if they're pointless. Uh, Six, you may contribute a piece of information for like 30 seconds. So if you're like a subject matter expert on a project and you get invited, it can be this tug and pull like you should be there because it's possible, just might be possible that you will contribute and be helpful. And I'd say people can just follow up with you afterwards, if at all possible, they can most usually probably figure it out themselves and then if not and the way i said that i'm like i'm your advocate here i want you to make the best use of your time other people can figure out what they need and they can be adults and if they need something they'll say to the people in the meeting yeah let's check in with that person and um i can get back to you after i reference what whatever it is that we need from them so they can they can ask you after the meeting it's not a big deal, um, think of it this way. A, a way to find out your um, hourly wage if you are a salary employee is just take your salary and divide it by two and then div- take off three zeros. So if you make 50 grand a year, divide it by two, 25 grand a year uh, or $25,000 and then you just take off three zeros, 25. So you make $25 an hour. So if you make 50,000 a year, you're basically working at $25 an hour, not including benefits. So, say you agree to an hour meeting, how how hard would it be to get your boss to approve a $25 purchase for you? And yet, you're just uh, flagrantly doing um, just that over and over again, giving your time over and over again to all of these different meetings where you might just be helpful but those are also the meetings that help make us hate meetings, right? Because then we uh, just feel like we have to be there even though we don't want to. So again, listen to your wanter and um, learn along the way if you make mistakes. Uh, Seven, culture, mission, vision, when the company has none. (laughs) Um, So for companies that just wanna make money, which is most of them, they want to have a culture because cultures help people, employees um, produce more, but over time your, your employees will smell it out. They'll know that you're not genuine, that really it's just about making money because push will come to shove. You'll have to choose between money and the values that you say that you uh, stand by. And I don't want to sound like a pessimist. Um, I'm actually an optimist a lot of times, if not the majority, but, um, unfortunately this is just an unnecessary meeting when it's about like all the vision and mission and stuff and your employees are disengaged because they don't believe you. So, um, what to do about that? I don't know, probably a deep thoughtful retreat and figuring out what do you really stand for in life? If you're a leader of the company like that, and then I'm not, I'm not a coach in that though. So figure that out for sure, because if you have a disengaged workforce, it's probably because they don't believe you, and maybe your actions have proven you uh, proven against you. All right, so now let's get into five reasons to have a, me- a meeting. So socializing. I know that as a productivity time management coach, why would I talk about socializing and small talk and all of that? Um, well, because I'm not a robot, and like it's not all, all it's not about purely um, output because there's intangible output like the feeling of connectedness, of relationships, belonging, of trust, um, of our hearts. We're relational beings, all that stuff. So I am a productivity coach, but in like a whole person sense. Um, so I, I used to hate small talk, but like it's, uh, but now I just hate when people say hate on small talk because I actually do care about like the weather in some other state of one of my customers, or I really am curious about like how their puppy is doing or whatever. Like I, cause I care about the people and I want to know. And it's like, that's how we connect. Like it's not purely of about just getting stuff done um i've heard a lot of stuff recently to listen to a great podcast called the ken coleman show and definitely recommend looking up he tells he helps you figure out like your dream job and stuff like that but um and then he coaches people and it's like crazy he'll take people from like completely confused and not knowing what they should do with their life to like ready to go with this, like a very tangible practical plan in like five minutes. It's awesome to listen to. Um, But he's talked a lot about like the different research that's shown connection with your coworkers to be huge with job satisfaction. So uh, it just goes to show that we need to take time to be together. It's really important. All right, another good reason, number two, to have a meeting is to discuss something in more depth. I've said this on previous podcasts, but email and chat uh, are good if you can just get it a good one written and it kind of get, get one answer back, but if it goes much more than that, you're just making tons of email for them, they're t- making tons of email for you, everybody's interrupting everybody's days, unless hopefully you and them have your notifications turned off, um, or it can take a while, all of that stuff, but sometimes you get together in a meeting and you can discuss the root of whatever thing it is like you can get deeper you can figure out exactly why we're trying to do whatever we're trying to do and plan it all together and brainstorm and have multiple perspectives and ideas come together so obviously those are the times when you want a meeting. Number three uh, I kind of just said this but better than email for really Communication, oh, I didn't just say this, this is a different. Number three, better than email for communication-heavy colleagues. So, um, like with my direct manager, a lot of times instead of chatting him or emailing him, I know I have a one-on-one meeting coming up. I'll just throw it on my meeting agenda. Look at my two podcasts ago. I think that was a third podcast about different lists you need. Uh, one of them is your meeting list or meeting agenda. But... Uh, if you meet with somebody a lot, sometimes it can just be easier to like rattle through like 10 questions you have for them instead of emailing them or chatting them for 10 different things. Um, so sometimes a meeting is good, just to have recurring, and just get through some of those things quick. Uh, it's better than email for leaders that aren't organized. So I know a lot of leaders are super busy and stuff, um, but, If you have a system and you're organized, I think that you can get back to people and you can um, not just ghost people, but what do I know? So anyways, if they are not very organized, make sure to refer them to me too so that I can help them to get organized, get clear and focused. They're probably struggling with some of the same things you are, Um, but if you're gonna email leaders and just be frustrated that they don't get back to you or email people that just don't get back to you, uh, sometimes you can just have a meeting with them. it's okay it's kind of the opposite of the unnecessary reasons up above that I said sometimes um, it's just it's unnecessary because you can't get in touch, but it is necessary because you can't get in touch with them. If you got in touch with them though it wouldn't be necessary. If that makes sense. Reason number five um, it builds relationships so Same as number one, um, it's important small talk and things like that, but it just builds relationships. And um, that's a huge part of my job, is just being kind of the face of my software company to my customers to know that we care and that they can trust us and those sorts of things. So, uh, and we're just relational beings, so it's important. Cool, all right, now let's get into eight strategies uh, to have a productive meeting. So I know that you're super excited about this stuff. Uh, maybe you're as nerdy as I am, or maybe this is just your chance to write down eight things and uh, learn from this. So number one is to have an agenda, to have a meeting list. Just have items that you need to discuss. It's so much, you'll, you look so much more prepared because you are, and like you care and respect everyone's time because you do. Uh, when you have an agenda, when you have things that you want to talk about, don't just have a meeting to have a meeting and then just talk about whatever. Ugh, like it's, I don't know. I guess the analogy that comes to mind, maybe for better or for worse, is like marriage. Like, it's awesome to be married and, but it's like, you should be doing something together, not just like only sitting around enjoying each other, looking, gazing into each other's eyes. Like you should have kids or you should like do things together, like meaningful things. Um, and like that love and that relationship should, should come together to produce like fruit, and real things. And so it's kind of like that with a meeting, like we should care and love each other and like really enjoy the meetings and try to get to know the people and stuff. But like, it's kind of pointless to just sit and look into each other's eyes. Like we should have things that we're doing and that'll bring us closer in in the process too. Uh, Number two, have specific outcomes you're looking for or deciding on kind of like an agenda, but um, like at the end, you actually have like things you're looking for a decision on, like specific decisions. Number three, strategize. So you have an optimist or idea person and a critical thinking person. So I learned this a long time ago that I pair well with a skeptic or a critical thinker uh, because I just uh, am pie in the sky, we can do anything, we can do amazing things and I don't think of like any repercussions. And so I need somebody in the meeting that is like, well, did you think about this and this and this and that and this? At first that was frustrating, uh, but now I realize like, no, that's helpful because um, as long as that person is open-minded to the idea, then it's, it's a synergetic relationship where they can think of all the flaws and like things to think through and I can be like, no, we can still do this, even though there's lots of things that seem like they might not work. Um, I'll keep going with that one just a little bit. If your team or meeting tends to have only critical thinking people, like get some optimism in there. There was one customer meeting where uh, the person was just, like everything was just critical and negative And you know, there was never a chance anything would succeed. Um, That's a little bit more than what I'm saying. I mean, people should be open more than that. But uh, I brought in an optimist, like somebody who was a go-getter, and I was just desperate for anyone else at this customer to be on this meeting. And this person came into the meeting and just like completely changed the culture of the meeting to where it's like, yeah, there's things to think about, but it's really possible to do like anything. And it's been really helpful. So if you're just have critical complaining meetings, then consider uh, bringing in an optimist and really encouraging them and the team to like be open to ideas. Otherwise you'll never get anything done and it'll just be a vent sesh, which by the way, real quick vent sessions where you're just venting and complaining as as a group uh, actually bring you closer together, but I don't recommend them because they bring you closer together by separating you from everyone else. So instead, try to bring yourself together as a team by positive growth and then you'll feel more connected uh, to the organization as well. All right, number four to uh, strategies for a productive meeting, uh, draw everyone's thoughts out by asking each person for their input. Um, or use an app or use chat or something so people can give their thoughts without speaking up if they're nervous about that even though I think you should learn to speak up. But in the meantime, there is a cool app, I just haven't used it, but it looks cool, called Balloon. And it's a way to basically get everybody's input in a meeting. Um, There's other things like that, I'm sure. But it also just, somebody leading the meeting, that's another one, another good strategy, just having somebody lead it. Um, I don't have that on the eight, but now you've got nine, you've got a bonus. But that leader, the person leading the meeting should draw everyone's thoughts out. Like they should be good at thinking, oh, that person hasn't talked yet and what what might they think? And so just ask them like, hey, Billy, what were you thinking uh, about all of this or do you agree with what we've said so far? Number five, uh, leaders or just the person leading it or in general, it'd be nice to have this culture. but uh, ask people to turn their cameras on because then people are more engaged and hopefully aren't multitasking, which multitasking doesn't, isn't real. So, um, and I am not joking about that actually. It's really not, but, um, if people's cameras are turned on, you just feel way more connected to them. Uh, number six decide on each person's tasks and say them out loud in the meeting before the ending. So it's like, doesn't offend anyone right now, but it'll, it'll be harder to ask them a week from now, hey, did you get that thing done? Um, so after, at the end of a meeting, hopefully you've taken some notes, which is later on here, but, uh, and you just have like even the shortest notes of like what was decided and who's doing what. So just say that at the end of the meeting, Um, and make sure you have consensus. Sometimes that sparks more conversation. Seven, be okay ruminating on things and scheduling another meeting. Um, This is like, it definitely happens in work too, but I feel like it happens with my wife a lot where it's like we talk about something and it it can feel intense. So it's like, let's just think about that for a while. Like, let's talk about that tomorrow or later or next week or something. Um, I think it's, Sometimes we just need that, like, and this is how ideas work: is when you front-load your mind with things like research, you plan, you you talk, you discuss, you write, you really think about something, and then you just give your space, your mind space to relax and get away from that thing. That's when the ideas flow. So, and they'll just come to you. So, um, and you'll start, to, you'll be able to like, it'll settle. You'll feel the the right decision to move forward with. So be okay having another meeting you don't have to like take on the whole world in one meeting and last but not least number eight use the optional field intentionally so um this is kind of a culture thing too but uh yeah if you have people that you might like to be there use that two field those are people you think really need to be there and the option field as if they're just interested in joining so don't just put everyone in the two field or something like that. All right. Eight ways to better engage in a meeting and uh, warning. This might take some courage. So I think it was Jordan Peterson who said uh, something when I was listening, like if you want to live an adventure, adventurous life, just always tell the truth. And you can just let that sit with you for a while because how often do we not fully tell the truth? Like, how are you doing? Oh, good. Like, what if you actually told somebody how you're doing? <laughs> or, uh, what if, um, you know, during a meeting, instead of being like, well, they'll call on me if they think I need, if I'm important enough to say anything or, um, when everybody else seems to be agreeing on something, but you something's still nagging at you about it. And you're like, yeah, that makes sense. Or you just aren't, you don't say anything what if you always spoke the truth like it might be just your truth like it might it might be wrong it might and you know it takes humility to do this well Um, because if you're arrogant doing it then it'll come off as like you're a know-it-all and but who cares be a know-it-all for a few years and figure out um, that you don't know it all and like it's better to to say what you think and then learn from it than to, um, to just never say what you think and never grow and never learn, just hide. So number one, eight ways to better engage in meetings. Think about that. Speak the truth, like speak what you actually think and try to have an open mind. Try to be kind, try to be optimistic. Um, try to be understanding of the other people, but speak the truth, don't, Don't just say what you think people want to hear. Uh, Number two, I've alluded to this, but don't complain without an open mind to solutions. Uh, This is like the biggest discouragement ever and like just frustration ever to somebody like me who's optimistic, idealistic, is when people are just so stuck in their ways and just for the sake of being, just because they see like everything that could possibly go wrong with something. And that's a super big strength actually, but they're not, but they also have to be open to ideas. Otherwise it's just like constant rubbing against one another and not really accomplishing anything. So um, don't vent, like I said, it's just pushes, even if you and the other person feel closer, you feel farther away from whatever you're venting about. Where to vent, how to do that well. I think you need to do that on your own. You need to get on your own and you can be honest in a journal or something, but just as the Bible puts it, like go lay on your bed and like make right sacrifices. Like think about how you have not always been perfect. Think about and be able to forgive people and move on and think the best um, of somebody that they were probably just coming from a spot that made sense to them. Um, and then you can like talk logically about it with somebody like a spouse or whatever, or a colleague that's close. But you know, do that work first where you're not just venting pure thoughts. Like you should be able to think through some of those things on your own first and forgive and just get space from the issue. Uh, So if you're gonna complain that's fine. Um, I think we all need to complain about things because there's things to complain about and If you're gonna speak the truth some of those true things that you're feeling are going to be complaints, but have an open mind to solutions and uh, Especially for your managers do the same thing Um, Try to listen and then work on a solution that really helps instead of just kind of saying yeah, you're good It'll be fine um, actually what it, what needs to change alright so number three um, for better ways to engage ask questions if you're starting to fight or argue it's probably because you've assumed you know something the other person doesn't and you're getting frustrated so instead just um, and it's getting heated or anything you know maybe step away at that point but hopefully, it never gets there because you're just asking genuine questions just keep asking questions until you and the other person are on the same page Number four, don't multitask. Yes, I said it. Do not multitask. It's not worth it. We'll talk about some hacks later if the meeting is pointless, but you have to see it or watch it or uh, it's not something you're interacting with or whatever. But don't multitask because really what you're doing is you're not paying attention. And that looks like you don't care when when you're called on. Um, You're not participating, you're not helping, you're not learning, you're just doing your other thing, but not doing it very well. You're not focused on it, you're not getting through it. Uh, Just today, like there was a meeting where it was completely informational, and I thought, you know, I'll just listen only, and I'll get some other stuff done, but what ended up happening was I didn't listen very well, and I didn't get stuff done very well. It's just frustrating, so turn your camera on give full attention to people and you'll completely stand out and it'll be really helpful and good for you too, because otherwise you would have just done something else and not really gotten much done anyways. So you might as well be attentive. And if you're saying no to meetings that you shouldn't be at, then you'll be in a better spot. You won't have to be tempted to multitask as much. Number five, give your full attention. So same as kind of opposite of don't multitask. So give your full attention, turn on your camera, and care about the other people and engage. Uh, number six take notes um i just have gotten in this habit and it's just like i don't know what i'm doing in a meeting without taking notes like it's just jotting down real quick even just partial thoughts or whatever Um, it helps you i think to just stay engaged in the meeting but also like process things and you can always look back at it later if you need to know like what was decided or put a question mark next to something you want to get back to those sorts of things Uh, number seven uh, shower, <laughs> wear decent clothes. Like if you're a remote worker, um, and I'm guilty of not doing this. You know, it's Monday. I want to wear my sweatpants, but uh, um, you know, get ready before the day. It, in an ideal world, like that's what you're doing. You're you're confident and you're putting forth your best self, and that'll show up in the meetings. Um, and you'll just be more confident, able to turn on that camera able to engage. So just shower and wear decent clothes, people. Uh, Turn on your camera. Your face is your face. Like there's some people I work with or like have meetings with or whatever that don't want to show their camera because they are embarrassed of how they look. And I'm like, whether or not you, whatever you look like, like I know what you look like. So it's like, that's what I'm imagining when I'm talking to you. So it's it's not like turning off your camera helps that or not. Um, if anything, it just makes you feel timid and like shy and like self con, you know, uh, not self-confident. Um, I mean, like I'm reading a Lincoln biography right now and he said, you know, like he'd never wished on even his worst enemies to be as ugly as he is. Like he just thought he was the ugliest person. And uh, yet we have statues of him everywhere and nobody says, oh, that dude's ugly. Um, Even though when you really look at him, you're like, hmm, I see what he's saying, maybe, but I wouldn't have thought that unless he said it. So I think that's how it is with a lot of us. Like, yeah, we're not like gorgeous, but uh, let's just be okay being ourselves. Like that's part of the courage, speaking speaking the truth, that you feel what you think, like just put your face on a camera and engage. Like I feel so much more connected with the people that have cameras on and it's so important to be connected. And uh, you know, if you don't like what you look like, you can change that a lot of times, like maybe get in shape, uh, you know, get a coach or something like a, a plan where you can sustainably little by little get like lose weight or whatever it is. Like you can, you can change your image if you don't like that or whatever, but, um, for the most part, just be yourself. And that's totally cool. Like people, people love an authentic you more than anything you could come up with or create. Um, all right. Final thing. So three ways to hack bad meetings that you aren't in charge of. So number one, watch the recording. Yes but do it at two times the speed. So just try it. Um, You're probably already doing it with this podcast. Put it in two X, like double the speed. Hopefully your meetings are being recorded um, with the age we live in with the Teams chat and things. So if you're able to do that, watch the recording at two times speed and you can just focus on just that for 15 minutes, half hour, you can cut through like the, we're waiting for people to come in for five minutes and, uh, oh, thanks for joining. And we're just going to talk about this and this and that. And it's like, okay, that was 10 real minutes. Well, you skip all of that with the recording. You get to minute 11 where they start talking about stuff and you do it at two times the speed for the next 40 minutes. And then you're done. Uh, or well, 40 minutes of the, meeting so it's really just 20 minutes to you and you can focus be done skip through things that are pertinent or not to you so watch the recording number one number two way to hack meetings that you can't get out of or aren't in charge of uh, go look at a presentation deck or information yourself Um, so if there's a meeting where they're presenting information and uh, it's repetitive and you don't need to see the full thing. Um, I'm thinking of a very particular meeting but I don't want to <laughs> offend anybody at my company. Um, but there's like there's t- all the information that is presented in the meeting is um, in a in another software that just shows like the designs and things for it. So um, it's just like takes, two minutes to look through all of the material quickly, exactly what I need to look at for that content and have all my questions answered by just looking through all that stuff myself, uh, instead of an hour of watching it. So it's literally the difference of that sometimes if you can get away with it. Um, and then just don't go and see if anybody notices. Like there was one meeting um, that was recurring for a while and I kept asking like, What do you want from me in this like i keep speaking up but it doesn't feel like you want me to speak up it feels like i don't know what this is about and eventually i stopped going and nobody noticed Um, or if they did notice they were like thank god goodness robert's out of this meeting because they never said anything to me but uh like maybe it's just a case of like they felt like they should or had to invite you or something and so anyways if you're able to not go don't go that also takes courage but you can do it all right people that is the uh, meeting episode you really stayed with it i know we've had so much to go through remember we talked about seven reasons uh, meetings happen unnecessarily we talked about five ways to have reasons that you should have a meeting we talked about eight strategies to have a productive meeting eight ways to better engage in that meeting and three ways to hack a bad meeting I hope that at least something in there was super valuable. Uh, You felt the themes of taking courage, of valuing your time, and of uh, caring about your coworkers, connecting with them and your customers, whoever you're meeting with, that that's a huge part of the human experience and you'll feel so much more satisfied in your job and life when you're connecting with people. There's some themes in there that I hope you saw run through, uh, some principles. I'm hoping that that's helpful for you. I'm annoyed when podcasters always say, uh, I hope that was helpful. It's like, of course it was super helpful. Um, but anyways, I'm the one saying it now. So there you go. All right, don't forget to uh, I, my free gift to you, the two hour, uh, take back two hours a day guide. So it's just two pages and it's going to give you my exact power routine so that you can kill distractions, get through that email, keep really small lists, get one main thing done a day so that you can get back two hours. Like one of my uh, students said the very first day they put in the practice, they got two hours back uh, and it has been super helpful. So, um, you know, that's what it's for. Get those two hours back. You'll find it at timesmith.work forward slash guide. And then um, please give this a star. Please share this, like I said before, and subscribe and Another resource I want to give you on this is called No Fail Meetings by Michael Hyatt. Uh, That guy has just so much great stuff to say, so uh, check that out. All right, until next week, thank you, and uh, go live a stress, a lot less stressed life, a focused life, a productive life, and do the things that you've always dreamed of. That's what we're here for. All right, until next time, Have a good day.